A very warm welcome to uh, church this Easter 2019. Uh, maybe you wonder why Christians get so excited about Easter and why it is such a widely celebrated holiday. In fact, uh, Easter is the most significant date or should be on the Christian calendar, and the reason for that is behind me. We, we celebrate the fact that Jesus' death and resurrection actually makes uh, freedom available uh, pretty much to anybody, to anybody. Maybe you saw the sign above the doors as you came in this morning where it says, come as you are, um, and that is the attitude that God has towards us. That's the attitude uh, with which Jesus built a bridge when he did what he did at the cross. It was to actually extend this invitation uh, for people to come as they are. That's, that's how much he loves us, that he would actually make that way. Uh, of course, I believe he loves us too much to leave us the way we are. Yeah. So, so he loves us and he wants to actually lead us into you know, wholeness and, and health. And so it's never, to, it's never to pick on you, it's never to make you miserable or just to punish you or whip you. Um, it's to actually lead us into freedom. Um, Jesus died so that we could be forever Free. And so just for a few minutes, I'd love to take a look at a couple of questions that uh, for those of you that are maybe exploring Christianity, it might explain a little bit more about, about Christianity. And then for others, I'm hoping that this reminds you of what is so significant, what it is, why it is that, that God is worthy of all of our trust, all of our obedience, um, like our actual heartfelt devotion. And when we think about what Easter represents, when we think about Jesus' death, when we think about his resurrection, um, it is the greatest gift ever offered to mankind. And so if you're a Christian, I want to encourage you to do everything that you can to, to not become so familiar with these truths that, that it loses its power, that it loses uh, its effect. For those of you that have been married for a long time, you know that sometimes if you just allow yourself to hit autopilot, and you just go through the motions, um, you know that you can kind of start to lose um, some of what, what actually drew you together in the first place and some of what maybe made it special in the beginning. And that's because anything left to itself will unravel. So you want to keep investing, keep uh, nurturing that relationship and that intimacy. So I want to look, take a look at a couple of questions this morning. By the way, if you have your phone with you and you happen to have the Bible app on your phone, you can follow along uh, in the notes with us as well. But the first question is just simply, why did Jesus actually have to die? I don't know if you've ever wondered about this before, um, but, but surely there's a reason, right? Like if he had to die or, or rather if, if there was another way for us to be made right with God or another way uh, for us to, to uh, yeah, be forgiven, find freedom, then, then why did Jesus have to die? And there's so many scriptures to address this, but just the one that I want to look at briefly is found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, where it says that God showed how much he loved us. Some of us are good at telling. God's good at showing. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world. And there's a reason. So that we might have eternal life through him. And by the way, just before we move on, this isn't just offering us life in eternity, you know, in, in the next life. He actually offers us life here. Like he actually offers greater wholeness, greater fulfillment. And, and some of you have been around long enough to know that, that there are a lot of other things out there that promise you things, but they tend to overpromise and underdeliver. Um, I, I would argue that God's the one person who will, in a sense, in comparison, he will under promise and over deliver. And then I love this verse. Verse 10. 
Such a powerful verse. He goes on to say that this is love. Sorry, if I'm moving around because I'm trying to help people that are maybe caught behind pillars, please forgive me if, if you're stuck there. But this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So why did Jesus have to die? Because we needed someone to actually lay his life down as a sacrifice in order to actually pay the penalty of our sin. That's, that, that's kind of the, the very pragmatic answer. The, the more holistic answer is found at the beginning of that portion where he says that he loved us. You want to know why Jesus died? And by the way, it was voluntary. His life wasn't taken from him. That's why I like that video that we started off with where, where the guy acting as the, as the executioner is saying that he's the only person to ever kind of actually put his hand down. His life wasn't taken from him. Jesus laid his life down. That's, in, fact, in fact, that's how much he loved us. Right? He, the invitation to come to him was written on his wide open arms. Now, again, if you're very philosophical, maybe your next question is, well, then what's the big issue? Why did he need to die? Why do we need forgiveness? Why, why do I need forgiveness? Why, why couldn't it all uh, kind of like just be okay? What, what, what's the big issue with this whole sin thing? And what's amazing is that people have this incredible capacity for good. And we do. There's, there's lots of good that happens in the world, and some of it's reported on, a lot of it isn't. But we have a great capacity for good, but most of us would probably agree that we also have an incredible capacity for harm. We have an incredible capacity to, to not even just hurt others. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I get frustrated thinking, Jason, are you an idiot? Why are you hurting yourself? Like you're, doing, you're going down these roads and you're doing things and you're, you're holding on to attitudes or bitterness or, 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 or self-centeredness. That's actually hurting you as well. We have this incredible capacity to hurt others and to hurt ourselves. One of the scriptures actually interestingly written by a man who, who initially was actually, was actually completely against Christianity. He was completely against Jesus. Um, some of you have heard of Paul the Apostle. Um, he had this encounter with Jesus after he was going around persecuting and very likely overseeing the killing of Christians. He had such a radical encounter with Jesus that, that he actually went on to write most of the passages in the New Testament. So he says in Romans 6 verse 23 that the wages of sin is death. In other words, the, the consequences of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. Now, now that might sound very harsh, and, and we live in a time where actually sin is often synonymous with something that's enticing and attractive. Like, like that tastes so good, it's sinful, you know? Like, we, we use these, these terms, or, 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 or people will advertise a trip to Las Vegas with come to Sin City, and, you know, and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And, and, and it's... it's it's this whole thing of, and, and I've used that term, where like, yes, like, this is so nice, it should be, you know, like, like there's something wrong with it. But, but what we do when we use it as a synonym like that, we actually water down the significance of sin. And we are all capable of sin. In fact, if, I mean, there's so many ways to define this, but, but, but perhaps the simplest form, and I think Jesus actually uses this, is, is if you even have a chance after the service to take a look at that scripture on the wall, if your eyes are like mine, you maybe can't see all of the smaller words. But, but that's the great commandment, where, where it tells us what, what, what living a whole and healthy life is. It, it'll be that we love God, love people, and we love ourselves. So we love our neighbors as we love ourselves, which is healthy self-care. So, so if that's, if that's what, what to be whole and healthy is, then I would simply say that sin is the opposite. 
Sin is when we don't love God. So, so it's when we don't trust Him, when we don't obey Him, when we reject His way. Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the Garden of Eden, it wasn't that they ate a piece of fruit. Like, that wasn't the big issue. That was, that was just the, that was the fruit of, of sin. But the real issue was that they didn't trust God. That was, it was that they didn't want to obey Him. And so God had to honor their decision. And when we get this impression that God just wants to smite us and He's so mad at us and gets so ugly and angry, I'm saying, no, no. I think why God pleads with us so lovingly is because He doesn't want to have to honor our bad decisions. Sin is when we are doing the opposite of loving God, loving people, and loving ourselves. And you know what's interesting? And you see in that scripture that, that the wages of sin is death. It's actually telling us the price. I don't know if you've ever been to a restaurant before where you kind of you know, the menu is a little bit steeper than you had in mind. And you're like, are they feeding me for a week? Like, what's going on here? You know? Um, but because you want to save face, you still order whatever the cheapest thing is on the menu, but it still comes out expensive. Um, but you know what happens is that sometimes people like almost, I don't know if you've ever been in a restaurant where, where someone almost looks like they're offended at this bull. Like, and they look at the waiter, they look at the bull, they look at the waiter. And anyone with half a brain saying, the price was on the menu. Like, this shouldn't be an epiphany to you. Hey, everybody. Scripture tells us what the price is. We can't act shocked one day. And it's not just death eternally where we are separated from God. Even in this life, we, we begin to decompose any area of our life that we don't surrender to, to, his, to his healthy, life-giving plan unraveled, we start to experience that death over here. Again, I would imagine most of us have found it to be true that sin will take you farther than you want to go, it'll keep you longer than you want to stay, and will cost you more than you want to pay. Like It, it over-promises, it under-delivers. Sin promises the world until it takes away your world. And the good news is that, is that even though sin costs us this, Jesus voluntarily said, I'm going to pay the bill. And again, I don't know if you've ever been in a restaurant. This has happened to me once or twice, by the way, just so you know. I don't mind it happening again. But, but, but once, I'm joking, but once or twice where, where someone's actually paid the bill. And I'm like, thank you very much, you know. Um, but sometimes we're so proud that, we're, you know, that we want to be like, no. Like, no ways. No one pays my bill. I'm going to pay for it. And again, if we're not going to be humble, if we're going to insist on paying our own wages, God's going to have to honor our decision. And by the way, the Bible tells us that we fall short of God's standard, every single one of us. That's why nobody can look at anybody else. If you get stuck in the finger-pointing game, you're in trouble. If if as you're sitting here, you're thinking, "Mm mm-hmm, and you're thinking about other people, you're in trouble. Because it's all of us. Romans 3.23 says, for everyone, again, Paul's writing, for everyone has sinned. And we all fall short of God's glorious standard. We fall short of God's glorious standard. But even if you're sitting here today and you don't believe that there is this sort of uh, cosmic uh, theocracy, this, this, this godly standard, I want to argue that you let your own standards down. If you were to walk around with your, with your phone, right, constantly, so, 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 so let's say, let's say in your own mind, and whether you realize it or not, you, you have got some standards, even if you haven't written them out, even if you haven't, 
expressly communicated them to somebody. You have values. You have, you, even, even if you're quite a dodgy character, you still have certain <laughs> values, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, criminals will have each other's back. You know, it's, it's, it's like, it doesn't matter where you are or who, like we all have certain standards. But if you were to allow your mobile device to record your lifestyle, I promise you, you don't have to wait till the end of your life, just wait till the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the month and you will discover, I don't know about you, I let myself down. I let, I let my own standards down. I want to be a certain person. I want to have a certain character. I want to be patient or kind, and I find myself doing things that I don't want to do. I let myself down. Another question, and again, this is just how I think. I don't know if you think like this, but, but these are the kinds of questions that cross my mind. Like, why couldn't God just forgive? Like, couldn't God just forgive and forget? Like, he's God, right? Why, why did Jesus have to die if God's all-powerful and, and all-knowing and, and, and he can just do... Like, can't he just do anything? Well, actually, Scripture says he can't just do anything because he can't go against himself. He can't go against his nature. He can't go against his righteousness. He can't go against justice. He is a perfectly just God. And trust me, you often want God to be just. We love justice when it's about giving others what they deserve when they've done wrong to us. We don't like justice, though, when it's about us getting what... What we deserve. God is a just God. I promise you, you can't have it both ways. You, if, if you don't want God to be just at all, we're going we're gonna to live in an even worse state of a world than what we do. God has to be just. All sin demands payment. There, there, there is no shortcut. All sin demands payment. Again, there are plenty of scriptures, but just one is found in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20, where it says that the person who sins is the one who will die. The child will not be punished for the parent's sins, and the parent will not be punished for the child's sin. Someone, someone has to pay the price, and without the grace of Jesus, so without what Jesus did at the cross, it would be me. The one who sins will have to pay. And again, let's even take the Bible and theology and doctrine aside for a moment, even just philosophically. If you think about it, you know that this is true. All sin demands payment. Somebody always has to pay. You know that if, that if you choose not to pay your account, you could think, well, you know, ESCOM's got enough money. Okay, maybe not a good example, but, but you can think, but you can think Markham's, Woolworth's, I don't know, whoever you have an account with, like, like they'll be okay if I, don't pay, if I don't pay my bill. And maybe they will be okay, but they're going to pay. Somebody has to pay. It doesn't just, it's not just, deleted in the ether of good intentions and warm, fuzzy butterflies. Like, like somebody pays. If somebody comes and steals from you, you're either going to make them pay if you can cash them, or you're going to pay. Or if you're middle class, insurance is going to pay. But somebody pays. Think about it. So even just, even just Bible aside, just philosophically this makes sense. Somebody always pays in your relationships if if you've done a dirty and you know you've lost it and you've caused trouble and you've said things you shouldn't say or you've done things you shouldn't do you know that somebody's going to pay and even if you think well it's okay she's so gracious she's so sweet she's so kind like it'll be okay what that means is she's paying she's absorbing 
the price of your anger or your lust or your greed. Somebody always pays. Or we make the person that has done the wrong, we make them pay. We make them grovel. We make them beg. We, we make them pay penance. And that's why religion is so attractive to us. Because just, just tell me what I have to do to pay off my own debt. And I'll do good. I'll, I'll try and do what I can to pay off my bill. Think of it in a social community sense. If, if there's a lot of crime, somebody pays. Either... Either people that are doing the crime are caught and, and they're sent away and, and, they, and they pay a price that, that kind of gives some semblance of, of restitution to the community or the community lives in fear. And, and it literally costs as you try and take security measures. Like if you go overseas in certain countries and certain cities or certain neighborhoods, people, like, like you cannot get your head around how they can leave their doors unlocked or how they can sleep with windows open without there being some type of security, because we're just so used to paying a price. All sin demands payment. Someone always pays. And if that's true on just a merely human philosophical level, how much more so with God? 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that God made Christ, who had never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So, so he actually had to be, an, he actually had to, he had to become the offering, he had to become the payment for our sin. Another question, how much did it cost Jesus? Like if he's the son of God, you know, we, we're so used to these superhero movies, whether you're a Marvel fan or a, a DC, sorry, I'm getting older. <laughs> I watched them. I just don't know who they belong to. Um, I watched Shazam the other day, by the way. That was quite fun, just for what it's worth. Um, but we so, we didn't even have our kids with us. It was just a good excuse for us to get out. Um, we're so used to this idea of a bulletproof, you can't hurt me, you can't touch me uh, type of, of savior, rescuer, that we can forget that it actually cost Jesus everything. Even though it is for free, it costs him everything. So, so he's made it freely available to us, but it has cost him everything. I, I, I don't have the time to go into all the details, but let me just tell you that, that on a few different fronts, it cost Jesus. Physically, it cost him. A lot of people died purely from the lashing that he took, where, where 39 times he was whipped with with. Something, something that, uh, that had pieces of leather that had bone and, and bits into the end of it that when it, would dig, when it would whip you, it would dig into your back and it would rip flesh out. 39 times. A lot of people died just purely from that blood loss and, and the shock to the body. It was on top of that back that they put this robe that they would take off again and on again, that they, that they leaned the cross against. That's just, that's just the back. That's not to mention a crown of thorns being dug into his head or him being blindfolded and being hit over the head with a stick while he's... Uh, torturers mocked him and told him to, to guess who'd hit him then, spitting in his face, ripping his beard out. Physically, physically, he suffered. It cost him. And then not to mention actually dying on the cross where his feet, his ankles, his, his, his hands are nailed to the tree, nailed to the cross. Like, it cost him physically. It cost Jesus emotionally. Some of you are familiar with the story of him in the Garden of 
Gethsemane, where, where actually on three different occasions before he's arrested, he's asking the Father if there's, if there's any other way. If there's any other way. And he actually, he, he's under so much stress and duress that, that something happens to him that's only been recorded a few times in history where something physiologically takes place that his blood corpuscles actually begin to burst and he starts to actually sweat drops of blood. It was stressful. It was emotional. But there was something that cost him even more that I think most people, most, most Christians don't even realize because actually lots of people have been executed throughout history and they've been brave and courageous in the face of that. So, so it's hard to imagine that that was the thing that was causing the most stress for Jesus. Many theologians argue, and I agree with them, that, that the greatest pain for Jesus was that he had never, in all of eternity, ever been separated from the Father. And he knew that there was going to come a time where he was going to go into a, a, a relational darkness. So, so, so where he was about to experience the wrath of God, where the sins of, where the consequences, the cost of everyone that had, that had ever sinned and everyone that would ever sin was taken upon him and where he would be separated from the Father for a while. So when Jesus is on the cross and one of the few statements he makes is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You can understand that he was in that moment forsaken. He was separated from God so that we wouldn't have to be. So when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The answer is for you and for me. It cost Jesus everything, but he offers it to us for free. Maybe you're wondering why you can't pay your own sins. Well then, like, if I screwed up, let me be the one to pay it off. That's like asking a dead person to bring themselves back to life. Or it's like asking someone that is drowning to rescue themselves. Romans 5 or 6 says that when we were utterly helpless, helpless, we can't pay our own way. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. Don't you love that? While we were utterly helpless, while I was lost in my sin, while I was dark, confused, you know, fumbling around, trying to make the best that I could of this life and, and managing to, to medicate and, and distract myself enough, while, while we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. James 4 verse 6 says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And that's why it is such a challenge for some of us to actually accept that forgiveness. To accept that it's free. To accept, to accept that there's nothing that I can do to contribute towards my own salvation, towards my own rescue. Now, having said that, I want to, I want to argue that if we receive that forgiveness, well, then we can give him everything. But we're not giving him anything to earn salvation. We've, earned, we've been given salvation, therefore, we can't help it. Our response, if we really get grace, we can't help but want to give him everything back. Last question, what now? And the worship team can come on up. So if that's the case, if, if, if there was no way for me to make my own way, if all sin demands payment, if, if, if it's true that, that there's nothing that I can add to what Jesus did at the cross, then what can we do? Perhaps one of the best known scriptures in the world, in the Western world at least, is John 3.16 where it says that God loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son so that whoever believes. Now, by the way, that word believes does not just mean that academically I agree. And, and if you don't mind me being a little bit blunt for a moment, the reason why it's not just an academic agreement is that Satan agrees. So Satan believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So, so that word believes in, in, in is, is maybe not the best word in English because it's, it actually means to receive. It's to embrace, which is what Satan can't do. So, so, so he's paid this price for us. Our response is to accept it, is to actually accept forgiveness. It is freely given. We receive forgiveness. And then secondly, that's like the first half, second half is that we choose to follow. And then that scripture on the wall, that sums it up. We grow one step at a time, one season at a time in learning what it means to love God, to love people, and to actually love ourselves. And we're gonna look a little bit more at this on Sunday as we take a look at the evidence for the resurrection and and why the resurrection is so significant in our lives. But right now, I wanna encourage you simply to ask yourself that question. Have I accepted forgiveness? And have I chosen to follow? Because it's a choice. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to take part in something that we call communion, the breaking of bread or the Lord's Supper, where, where as our hosts come around in a moment, you don't have to partake in this, but, but you're welcome to. As you take a little piece of, of cracker bread, like matzos, as you drink the juice, we're doing what Jesus instructed his disciples to do 2,000 years ago, where he said that every time you do this, remember Easter. Remember his death and remember his resurrection. Because the good news, everybody, is that he didn't stay in the grave. And we're going to look at that on Sunday. And we're going to give you some, some serious evidence for that and why that actually matters. But right now, all I want you to do as you reflect while the team do a song, you can just remain seated. The team are going to do a song. As you have the opportunity just to reflect, I want to encourage you to try and forget the person next to you and just to talk to God, respond to God, or just be honest with God if you're sitting and you have a question. Maybe you're sitting here and you're angry. Maybe you're sitting here and you're, you're trying to reconcile turmoil as you're trying to reconcile some of the things that you're hearing about God with some of the things that you feel like you've experienced. You're allowed to be honest with God. I don't think He gets intimidated. He loves you. If you had a fridge, your picture would be on there. If He was on social media, you'd be in His profile picture. Okay? He loves you. He's for you. And He invites you to come as you are But as we trust Him and try and follow, He's going to love us too much to leave us the way we are.